Welcome to the Habits and Hustle Podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. Okay, so I have Wallow267 on the podcast today, but what is your like title? Like what are you known as? I'm a connector. I connect people. I connect people with, with, with ideas, things, and people. And I mean, people who, I mean, like I was saying that everyone seems to be very fascinated by you. You were in jail for, how long were you in jail for? I was in jail for 20 years. I got sentenced to 19 and a half to 55 years when I was uh, 52 years. When I was uh, 17, before then I spent five years in and out of institutions as a juvenile. Uh, I did 20 years when I was 17, came out 37. Uh, huh, how old are you now? I'm uh, 40 now. I've been out here three years. By the way, I, prison's been good to you because you look like you're 21. Thank you. Thank you. You were, yeah. you were, you were in jail for 20, 20 years. 20 years. 20 years for armed robbery and two firearm violations. What did you do? Uh, armed robbery Okay, violation. but exactly what did Oh, happen? I used to rob establishments and stuff. Like I'd go in there and rob, you'd see the manager tell him this money is short, pass it over. I, I didn't never, well, you, you hurt people when you flash a gun, but I didn't physically hurt them as they would say, but I would just, you know, that was my thing. I got, I got locked up for two armed robberies. And you get 20 years for that? Well, and, uh, it's like this. Uh, when you when you, when when you when you can't get proper uh, representation, uh, you're doing things, you're messing up the property value because you know in certain areas, you know the crime go up to bring the value now. You know, it's a uh, it, life is not always fair. Uh, sometimes it's going to go; it could go many different ways. You know, uh, but you know, it was it was a blessing for me. Probably saved my life more than likely. You know. A lot of people that I know, they, you know, they got killed. Some are still doing life in jail. I was the type of person that, um, growing up in the city of America, I was impressionable. So, and in, 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 in the ghetto. Where did you grow up exactly? Philadelphia, North Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, in the ghetto, is like, everybody is chasing attention. Attention is God in the ghetto. As you see, attention is everybody now. Everybody is craving attention. But in the ghetto, attention is God in the way to get attention through things. Uh, so I was trying to get things. That's why I was doing what I was doing. I was trying to get them things, you know, jewelry, car, all the stuff to make the women want me to, to get attention. Like, look at me. It's this look at me thing. So in order to do that, I had to be down with the street culture. But I think really before that, what really made me get into the streets was, uh, you know, you know, I had family members in the street game, but I remember one time I got bullied when I was young. I was in school, right? And it was, it was like, it was this one guy I used to see, and I used to be scared, little kid, I was scared. I was scared all the time when I seen him, and it was like, okay, how can I stop this from happening? He don't mess with them guys over there. They're doing things that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I said, the only way for me to put some protection on myself coming up was that. You know, I had brother, family, but it still was like, <clears throat> you in school, you trying to figure things out, you young. And that happened to a lot of kids even to the day. Everybody want to fortify themselves. And a lot of times, people lash out, people do things because, uh, you know, hurt people hurt people. And they might have been hurt before and they don't want nobody to see that they hurt. And sometimes they think that people could see that, you know, what they've been through. And that ain't the case. But that's why people put this, 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 this wall around themselves. You know, rather relationships, rather uh, family issues, rather molestation, all type of things, you know. So uh, once I became married to the streets of Philadelphia. And you were a kid. Like, you said you were in jail by 17? Yeah, yeah. No, but I, the first time I got arrested was June 30th, 1990. I was 11 years old, a robbery in Philadelphia County. And then I got arrested a, a week after that, uh, the beginning of July. And then uh, September 19th, 1990, they sent me away for a year. So I've been in the system my whole life. I spent more time on this planet incarcerated than I did free. I spent five years in the juvenile system and 20 years in prison, and I'm, and I'm 40. Did they put you in the... I mean, at 17, I would imagine you'd go back to juvenile, wouldn't you? No, they you? certified me as adult because they said I did too many juvenile crimes. Oh, my gosh. So mm -hmm. what kind of jail was it? Was it maximum security? Oh, penitentiary. Minimum? It was, you know, uh, when I was 17, you go, you, you wait until when you turn 18. You, you know, they had you on certain blocks. But when I turn 18, you on, you on general population. And uh, it's real. You know, people get stabbed. People get raped. It's real. Uh, you know, luckily for me, I had people that was in position uh, family members knew older cats, older uh, real life convicts doing life, doing all. So I was cool, and then I had homies. So I, it was cool for me, you know what I mean. 
And by that time, I hit the penitentiary. I was already a real live street person. So it was like, <clears throat> you know the game. You go to jail, get you a whack. Um, you live your life. What did you do for 20 years there? Well, I did a lot of stuff. Uh, but first, I had to, before I started really tapping in, before I even got to the plane place to change in my mindset, I had to understand where I was at. And uh, I remember one time I was talking to an older prisoner, and he told me, uh, because I seen something that affected me. So I go to him, I'm like, yo, man, a dude was stabbing a dude in the yard. And it was, he was like, yeah, man, that's, you know, regular life. He said, you got to go insane in order to stay sane. So at that moment, he had a real conversation with me. So I said, okay, I had to go insane in order to stay sane during my journey through prison because a sane mind can't see somebody stabbed or can't hear about somebody getting raped and take it like ain't nothing. Now, now, now when I went insane, I was able to be in the yard and see, see somebody get stabbed and brush it off. Like, yeah, he must have did some dumb shit to somebody. And keep walking like you know, and don't think about it once I walk past him. So, you know, uh, it was a lot of things I learned. And then I learned that you could be in jail and still be in the streets, or still be having your criminal minds that because you know, crime goes on in jail. Um, right. drugs is in jail, things is in jail. So it was Isn't like everything basically in jail. It's like a <coughs> microcosm of life. Everything is everything is in jail. The thing the thing about jail though, the one thing that I uh that I enjoyed the most about jail, I know that sounds real crazy, was that people in prison are the only people on the planet Earth that uh, have unbelievably amount of time to rest their body, their mind, and their soul. Even though you might be in prison, it might be a dark place. When you're out here in the free world, you get tired. You can't just go in your house and rest. You got to work. You're in prison, you go lay down, rest, work out, chill. You could. Yeah, Isn't there a regimen? Like, give me a, what's the day in the life in prison? No, no. Like, if you got a job, cool. If you don't, like, you know, you get up, you stand for count early in the morning. What time do you wake up? You know what I mean? Me, I used to wake up like 4.30. Sometimes, you know, I work in the kitchen and all that, but you get up, and for count around five, something, six, something. Depends on what prison you in. You do count. You go to child. You, you can do whatever you want to do from there. If you got to, as a child, you know, they wait, you call school line, or you might go to, Go to work if you got one. If you ain't got a job, you can just lay lay down all day. So, so how does it that some people have a job and some don't? Isn't it mandatory? To everyone? No, have it's a not job? enough jobs though. Okay, so that's not you... enough jobs, and you got some people like oh, you know, a lot of us in prison we want to work because you need money to buy commissary, get things. Right. But how people, much they pay you? They don't pay you much. No, nineteen cent an hour to forty two cent in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, hour. Like you, 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 you know, and it's like you might work in the kitchen. You might. No, kitchen is always the best place for me because you get to eat. Yeah. You get to eat like eat as much as you want. Wouldn't you know? everybody want to work in the kitchen? Isn't that no, like the... No, a lot of people don't. Because the kitchen is one of them places where though they know a lot of people want to work there, so they give you a lot of attitude. Sometimes the correction office give you a real live attitude, which, you know, and it'd be and it just be like, oh no, you know, so you know, they they and people get fired a lot. So like some people are like I ain't going down there. So how did you get the job in the kitchen? You write inmate employment. You got an inmate employment office where you'll write them and they send you a list of jobs, wherever it's a plumber, uh, janitor, uh, kitchen, uh, hospital, uh, yard. And but what did you do to get the job like, before? No, I just, I, didn't, I just wrote a request slip. You write a, you write a request, request the staff. But to, why did they give it to you? Because you asked for it. Okay, but why didn't they give it to somebody else instead? No, like, no, no, you? no. It ain't that. Say if, say if, say if uh, I go ask for a job, it might be 70 people on the list before me. And when I come up, I pop. I oh, just asked okay. for so it. You didn't get it right away. No, I don't get it right away. Right. They, they, and, and they might call you like, listen, your name is up on the list. Do you want this? We got this open, this open, and that. Oh, open. got you. Okay. You know. So okay. So what other? Okay. So I got so many questions for you. Okay. So basically, you get they call you at five o'clock, four thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. You start. Okay. Then what happens? You could go to the yard and work out. Or you could just chill in your cell all day. They, you know, what do they have in the yard to work out? Is it like just like no? It's all prisoner stuff. So it's like no, it's weights, it's, basketball. They give you, there's some weights. Yeah, there's weights, basketball, uh, volleyball, baseball, football. Is there uh, a treadmill? No, they, they got them like in the gym, but they got like a, a racetrack, running track in the yard. And uh, you could just go out there and some people go out there and play chess. Some people do all types of stuff. Until what time? And then what, what's the next thing? Like you, you can work out. Isn't at, there a schedule? At, yeah, at the yard. Yeah, it's like, it's real simple. It's like breakfast, lunch, dinner. What time is yard, breakfast? Breakfast could be anywhere from seven something. Like seven something, you got breakfast, uh, you got lunch, you got dinner. But in between that, you got three yards. If it's if it's summertime, you got three yards because the sun stay out longer. Night yard, you know what I'm saying? That'd be like at six o'clock, 
six to eight. Oh, okay. But but if you don't in the, in the wintertime, you'll go to the night gym because you can't go out because it's dark. Right. There's afraid. a night gym. Uh, sorry, there's a day gym, like an outside no, no, gym, no, no. and a. No, no, they got they got a gym and just one gym in the in the, in the, okay. on the penitentiary. And the, you know, is there an elliptical gym. even or no? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Is there like a stationary bike, like an elliptical? Oh yeah, yeah they got them. They got them in the gym. So they have cardio equipment. And yeah, they like, got all that. They got circuit training and all that stuff in gym. It's like an equinox in there. Yeah. Do they have like do people to teach like boot camp classes or what? No, they don't teach that. But you got a lot of working out. So. Okay, so then what do you have? Okay, so, my, so you have breakfast between seven and eight or whatever. What do they serve for breakfast? Like uh, the trays be like they might give you some oatmeal. Oatmeal, two pieces of toast, and a piece of fruit. Okay. You and you, and you know, had a thing where you get some coffee or something or a milk. That's it. And then, what time is lunch? Lunch could be anywhere from like eleven o'clock. Uh, you you know, and when, when you get lunch, it could be depends. Like a good day is, you know, they give you a slice of piece of some coleslaw. You might get a slice of piece of coleslaw. Coleslaw. Give you a piece of fruit or a piece of cake. I mean, it ain't, it ain't a lot. It's something simple. It doesn't sound like it's that bad, though. Like, when you see in the movies, you get, like, a piece of bread and water. You know what I no, mean? No, uh, uh, in America, uh, prison in the media is sensationalized. It's, it's, it's so fake. Yeah, it sounds it's like, like it. It's like most of these people in Hollywood, these screenwriters, they never, they never, they didn't consult with somebody when they, they really was in prison when they was writing these movies. Right. It's just so, uh, it's so fake, you know? So it sounds to me that you're eating properly. Like you're eating like not bad food. Maybe it's not the most delicious. Is it tasty? Do you like the food? It depends. Some meals, like, you know, it depends what meals you like. Like my mom do. And they also have like an alternative. Like they got like always had like an alternative, like for, you know, for people that don't eat meat, like garden burgers or whatever, you know. They have like a vegan, vegetarian option? Yeah. Yeah. They got vegetarian option. They got the Jewish option. They got a lot of stuff. Kosher? Kosher. Yeah. They got kosher. If you're Jewish, got to give it to you by law. This is unbelievable. Okay. So. So between breakfast and lunch, you guys can work out. Okay, what else can you guys do if you don't want to work out? You can just read a book? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you can do anything. You can read a book. You got TVs. They sell TVs on commissary. You got TVs. So me and myself, maybe we both got TVs and sell, and they got cable. This, this sounds like a resort. It doesn't sound like jail. No, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it's not like a, a resort. I know how people... Like if, you, if you're a homeless person, right? Huh? I mean, I can see now why a homeless person would like to go to jail because it's be being in jail and being a criminal sometimes is better than being a homeless person, being living on no, the street. No, homeless person, you, got a, you a, got a chance to get up tomorrow and change your life and do things. If, you, if you're in jail, you might can't have that chance for 15, 20 years. Right, that's true. But I'm saying like the lifestyle <laughs> is like you're taken care of, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but see, you might be taken care of, but you penalized for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, of course. Like, like, I mean, like, like you know, in, in, in America, you don't just, you, do, you know, you know how they say you, you, you do the crime, you do the time. Mm -hmm. That's not how it go. You do the crime, you do the time for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because you got a target on your back. And no matter what people say, oh, we believe in second chances. Uh, re rehabilitation ain't real and people don't believe in that. Right. You know what I'm saying? What I'm out here doing uh, is like unheard of. You know, being, I know we're going to get to all of you that. You know what I mean? So, you know. Hold on. So then from there, you go to dinner. What, and what do you guys have for dinner? You might have, uh, it depends. Like, like, you know, it might have some, uh, like a, a Salisbury steak. Like, you know, like that. that, that like a minute steak? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Microwave, you know, like microwave Salisbury yeah, steak. Yeah. It might be like a piece of Salisbury steak, some rice, some gravy, some bread, uh, some string beans, and a piece of fruit or a piece of cake or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Right. So then what do you do between lunch and dinner? So if you're working out in the morning or... Uh -huh. What else do you? What else are the options? You can work out. You got people you that work out all day. You could be on the block playing chess. You could sit in the cell watching TV shows. Anything. You know. There's no other man. Like no one. So in the movies, like you said, you see these parole officers who are like standing over you, and they're like super, super. You talking about correctional officers? Yeah, correctional officers. Sorry, correctional officers. I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, and like you would think there's like a structure, like and people are super scared. Like you can get beaten up, you can get killed. How does that happen if it doesn't? Like, it happens. It happened. People, you know, but like, like I said, that movie shit is so fake. Like what, what time is bedtime? Uh, it depends on what jail you in. Like, but the jail I was in, you lock up 845. It's over. That's when you lock up in your cell. So you then know? how do you, 
I, what I still can't believe is- And I'm just speaking for Pennsylvania. I can't speak for the whole- No, I know. What I can't believe is that you were in jail for 20 years for, like, uh, for a robbery. And there are other people who, who get off on murder. Like, that's, like, that's a very long- What you got to understand is this. Uh, it's a little hard to understand. If I did a crime- did you get off on good behavior, by the way? Or? No, not really. You get parole, but that's another story. But like, if, if, I do, if I do a crime and the judge that's sentencing me or looking over my, or whatever the case may be, majority of the time, if you're black in America, that judge don't even understand your experience. He don't understand what you're exposed to as a child. There's a lot of shit he mm-hmm. just don't understand. So he's looking at you like, oh, you've done this, that. He's not saying... Hold up. We, how did this become? How did this happen? What happened in his life to make him think that this was all right? What, 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 what? They're not right. thinking about it. It is like, hey, get him out of here. Throw the book at it. Go. You know what I mean? So, so you got to understand that. You know what I mean? And then you, when you're in a position, you're in a courtroom where you don't know what's going on. You, you ain't got no money to pay for the top representation. You see what I'm saying? If you right. had money to pay for it, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Lawyers cause an arm and a leg. You, you, got the, you got the lawyer, the, the, the lawyer, your, your lawyer then probably went to college with the judge or the judge's son or it's a one big circus. Mm-hmm. And then the DA, you know, used to be, you know, it used to be the, the judge used to be a DA. The DA, uh, this is crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, don't, you, that's why I tell people cost too much to be a criminal. It does. It costs way too much. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy game. Did you, and also like the, you, I, had, I would imagine that in jail, you would have to also be super slick and strategic of who you align yourself with. Uh, one thing about jail is, uh, jail have some of the most smartest people I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life. Uh, calculated, mm-hmm. cavalier, cunning, uh, unbelievable, but you still... You see that in, in corporate America too, mm-hmm. though. So you know, so exactly. I didn't operate in corporate America. I'm like, damn, this shit just like jail, yeah. you know? Uh, just but, with more but money. The thing, but the thing about it is you don't have to worry about violence. It's all mm-hmm. off of paperwork. It'd be paperwork. It'd be lawyer. You know what I mean? It'd be, you know, it's, it's real deep. It's real, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's a part of the game we love the most. So know? then how did, you, how did you navigate it? Like, what was your experience now getting it? Like, how did you navigate it? Were you like a, <laughs> um, you know, the people who are like, Fall, like not followers, but like they're like the leaders. Were you a leader in jail? Or? No, like 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 the way I operate in jail. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deal with a lot of people. I deal with people, but I deal with them on my time. And what I'm saying on my time, where though, was like, you know, some people got people that they walk the yard with every day. They always with that's they. But me, I was the type of guy is, I didn't have that. I had you know, and then and then the person I did walk with most of the time, he wasn't on my block. He's like a brother of mine, brother of mine now, but he wasn't on my cell block. So sometimes we wouldn't be in the yard together, different things. So we see each other when we see each other. I didn't want nobody to be connected to me in that way because in jail, you don't, you don't know what nobody into. You don't know who killed who on the streets. You don't know if somebody robbed somebody's cell. So it's best. You, talk, you guys talk about it amongst yourselves? Like, do you say, hey, what did you do that you're in here? Did you kill somebody? No, did you people not? know. It's easy to find out. You go to the computer and the law lobby. Everybody know everybody's stuff. And you people can go on Google there on Wi-Fi? No, no, no. They got like a legal, uh, in a library is a legal computer. Like case laws. Oh yeah, like how it, the old days. How and you can pull somebody's case up, you know, stuff like that. Well, so you find out pretty quickly who's dangerous, I guess, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find out. Uh, you find out who's a pedophile, who's a you know, who's a rapist, you know, and things happen sometimes. And there's higher, and there is like a hierarchy, right? Because the pedophiles and rapists aren't they like the people that want to get ki- that people want to kill them first? Yeah, but see. In the hierarchy of of the court system, they're they're like the lowest. They're they're not the highest. They're the lowest, right? For some reason, in America, the court system give pedophiles slaps on the hand. But if you sell some dope, you live in the ghetto, you pull up, you got a gun, you get a thousand years, but you can touch a kid. So, you know, it's real, it's real crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You be, yeah, I know you'd have been shocked. You see a pedophile. He only got what? How did he do that? He touched the, he ruined somebody for their life. You know, because most of the time in them cases, 
they don't want, they, they get these guys plea deals and all that because they don't want the kid or whatever they had to get on the stand and relive that mo- moment. Because in America, you got a right to face your accuser. So if you saying I done something, you got to get on the stand and right. say what I done. Now, they don't, so the DA got to make a deal with the pedophile because it's like, we don't want to put this child up here and have him talk about that, you know? Yeah, again, right. So now, now it go from me, and it's, what I did was totally wrong. Me robbing, robbing two places to him touching two kids and me getting 20 years and him getting maybe three. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? Right, so it's, de- it's deep. So it's a, diff- so, so it's a different uh, justice system within the prison. So what I'm saying is then people want to, <coughs> the, the prisoners mm-hmm. want to kill those pedophiles pretty fast because nobody likes a pedophile, obviously, or a rapist. So then what, who's, who's like, if someone's become, if someone's in there for murder, right? Are they automatically, are people scared of them more? No, or? no, you might have somebody that's in there for, for dope dealing. It might only be there for three years. It ain't no joke. And jail was like, you don't know who is who. You don't know. You can't just say, oh, you got murder, you this, or you got this. No, it might be somebody in there that was in there for DUIs that might do something to you. It's not no, and I'm speaking from Pennsylvania aspect. Because, you know, in Pennsylvania, it's not like it's gangs and all this crazy right. stuff. Like, especially not in Philly. Well, in Pittsburgh, it is, but not in Philly. So, you know, Philly is the largest population. People from Philly is the most, the most in the population of prison in, in, in Pennsylvania. So... I can't, and so basically, did you, so you had a group of, you, you kept yourself more or less? Most of the time, you know, I did a lot of reading. Uh, did anyone beat you up? No, I never had them no issues. No one ever? You never had any no, issues? No, in prison, what you got to understand is this. In prison, the respect level is to the sky. It's past the cloud. Up there near God. Because it's like, I got to respect you. You're going to respect me because if something go wrong, Everybody that you deal with and everybody I deal with are going to go to war. It could turn into a war in here. You know, and violence always brings problems, you know. It makes the, the, the institution tighten up on the rules. It brings a lot of problems. It's just, but some problems you can't stop because somebody might have violated somebody's family member on the streets mm. and killed. So, you know, it got to get dealt with. So is that normally how things kind of go down, though? Is that because usually there's a history before they even get in there? That, no, it could be disrespect. It could be, or it just could be somebody might steal somebody out of something out of somebody's cell. Somebody might owe somebody money. And it could get crazy. It could get real crazy quick. Amazing. So then, okay, so like, let's fast forward. So then now you're 37, you get out of jail, uh-huh. right? Now what? No, before, before I get out, in 2013, you know, during my time in prison, I used to, I had this thing called the book of life. Where I used to write stuff down. Because when people would come to prison, I had like to sell, I would tell them, the guards like, no, and my cell is like a transitional cell where people that they're not staying alone. They might got to come here and go somewhere else, whatever. Uh, because what, what is it called? Transitional cell. Okay. Like, like somewhere you know, yeah. just keep coming in a, a transit cell. And what I and what I was to do is people come in here, and, you know, some fresh out, fresh, fresh off the streets, or whatever. Maybe it's a parole violator, it's their first time. Coming. And I just used to like interrogate them, ask them all these questions about real life on the, in the real world. Because when you're in prison, you're stuck in a time that don't exist no more. That was the time when you came in. And you be on dinosaur time. A lot of people be trying to figure out why people come home and go back. They don't know nothing. Only thing they know is what they, it's hard to understand life. You're like stuck in a time capsule. And I was telling the guys the other day, radio, and I was like, uh, I remember the first time I, hold, I, heard, I heard about Google. Guy was telling me, and I'm like, I'm saying to myself, like, hold up. You're trying to play with my intelligence? That don't even make no sense. Because he told me, yeah, you go, like Google, he said, the thing about Google is like you use it on your phone. And you could type it in. I, he said, like, you could, I could type your name up and stuff would come up. I said, why would stuff come up and I've been in jail all this time? What do you think? I'm crazy? So I, I couldn't even You were fandom. in jail when Google came out, yeah, right? Yeah, so I couldn't fathom what he's talking about. So, so now I'm writing this stuff down. I said, this dude think I'm slow, but I'm going to write it down. So in the book of life is a book that I have where I write all this stuff down. I write a bunch of stuff down dealing with life and things people told me or ideas or plans or quotes I have. The stuff about when I get out of jail, things I want to, places I want to go. Things I want to get, you know what I mean? Uh, people I want to meet. And, uh, and I wrote that down in the book of life. So what happened in 2013, associate of mine in prison, he had, uh, he came in my cell one day. He was like, yo, come here. I got something for you. Check this out. He had an iPod Touch and a wireless hotspot. And that is where, uh, that's when I came alive. You know, he let me see that. He said, go ahead, you hold it overnight. So now I said, how do you get, he said, show me what Google was. So when I Googled it and all this stuff popped, and I seen my stuff, I was, it was like, 
All right, put it like this. Just imagine you're walking down the street and you just see a spaceship flying by. Right. Like, right, like close. And you're like, oh, shit. I was just so, it was like, it was so scary because it was like, oh, man. Oh, you know, and so, I can imagine. Mind-boggling. So, so now all the stuff I done wrote down from magazines, uh, dot-coms and websites, you see what I'm saying? Understanding stuff. I was like, oh, shit, this is amazing. You know, I'm looking at dad. And I'm looking at all type of stuff, uh, porn. I'm going anywhere, right? No, no. I'm, you know, how did he, I don't know. I want you to be honest. How did you even? How did you even get the iPhone Touch in there? Is he allowed to have that? No, he ain't allowed to have it. Oh, he so got he, in there illegally. Oh, okay. Was he the only person? No, he's one of the people. He was one of the people that had him. But what happened with me is, I'm gonna show you something funny. I'm gonna go to Google. So. Yeah, go to Google so you can well, show what, it. To what me. happened is, what happened with me is, I started uh, selling. I got to connect and uh, started basically selling telecommunication in prison illegally. Yeah. How? Uh, you know, I got with somebody to get them in there, smuggle them in there for me, and uh, I was off to the races. So what you were selling, you were selling what were you selling? Well, okay, let me see this. You go there. How's this don't come down? You're sell, you say you're selling telecommunication. Does See that right mean here. you're selling? See right here, this, this article to write five thousand dollars. You go, you go, you go to article. See that? Gratitude inmate oh, arrested. Oh wait, oh wait, gratitude inmate arrested for contraband. Oh my gosh! So you are a thirty-four-year-old inmate, Wallace Peoples, and charged him with possession of contraband and weapons or implement of escape. People are. People was in possession of three cell phones, five chargers, five headsets, an iPod, and a wireless hot in a wireless hotspot. He was arraigned, and was bail was set for five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I ain't, I can't make bail because I was already in jail. You see what I'm saying? So I'm already in. So jail. So you were in. You were again. I was you were in, in jail again. Yeah. You're in jail, and they were going to. I was in jail doing my they time. Doing the yeah. in, in jail. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, so but what I'm, happened to you then? Nothing. <laughs> he just arrest you, throw you in a hole. I spent like six months in the hole. Kick me out of that facility. Send me to another in the, facility. Is that like like when you're literally by yourself in a hole? Yeah, you in a cell. So that's true. When you see that on television, 23, that's yeah, true. 23, 23 hours in the cell. One hour out for the yard. How like big a dog was the cell? Small, smaller than where we at. Real small. And uh, and and that and that was like man. How long were you in that? For you said six months. How did you not go crazy? I read. You know. Uh, when you when you be you, you know you just condition yourself for things like that being in prison. So it's like, you know, always it's always like that. You know. So how did you get that stuff? <coughs> you, then you went on Google. How did you figure out? No, I just started googling things and anything I had to put a like. I started googling and then I started watching like tutorials and stuff on a on a on a, on a YouTube. But that's where I started Wallow Two Six Seven Instagram when I when I had the phone in two thousand thirteen. So I started it and I started doing all type of stuff. I was spraying my message then in jail, but I would put like quotes and stuff up there. I would try to promote people in the community like they had shows or clothing lines. I was doing all that from prison if you go back. If you go all the way down my page, you'll see things from when I was in prison. Hold up. So you actually had, you had that, you started Instagram I started, I started, I started my while Insta- you were in jail. I started my Instagram in prison. Yeah. How did you keep the phone from not getting caught? Like, how did you like hide the phone? Didn't they catch you? No, what happened was uh, I had it for hid for a while, and then you know I had it for like thirteen months, and then they caught me. They hide it in the ceiling and all this. Might told on me, but you know that's part of life. But you all can the, plug in the phone and didn't yeah, you can plug in your phone in your cell. No, you in your cell. Hide it under the bed. But listen, this is the thing. The thing was that uh, what I've learned on there is why I'm, is why I was able to come out here and just destroy shit. Because on when I'm looking at uh, you know I learned so much in a. Uh, one of my one of my teachers, rest in peace. Uh, he was my teacher from afar, Anthony Bourdain. Right now, let me explain something to you about him. Parts unknown, no reservations to lay over. He was a legend to me. And when I sat in that cell and I used to watch him on the Travel Channel, CNN, whatever, uh, he let me know. You know, he, he's a guy that used to shoot dope, was a heroin addict, and he came back. Yeah. He encouraged me with he. He was, and you know what was so crazy? I always say when I get out of jail, I'm going to meet that guy. And he died, you know? And he, and it was like, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a painful day for me seeing that. Because I'm like, yo, I wanted to, I just had to meet him and really had a conversation with him. You know what I mean? Because I watched him so many years in my cell in prison. Wow. And like, he was a legend. Rest in peace to Anthony. Uh, uh, you know, shout out to his family, you know, and uh, 
You never got to meet him. Never got to meet Anthony. And I met people that knew him. I was like, shit. I, you know, so it was just crazy, man. You know, so. But when I seen that, I said, okay, when I get home, I'm going to utilize this technology, you know, because, you know, me in jail studying things, understanding colors, understanding attention span, marketing colors, understanding. I said, okay. I realized that human beings in this day and time, they first listen with their eyes, then they listen with their ears. It's a visual connection. And it's a human connection. If you can make that human connection, game time. So I said, I'm going to utilize my message. You know, in the backdrop to my message, the canvas is going to be the inner cities of America. And I'm going to say what I'm going to have to say, and I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And it just, you know, it took off from there. You know, and at the same time, when I was talking about what I was talking about, I, I did like the, uh, I was, you know, I, w- I was mimicking Anthony Bourdain and going to different, like I was doing like uh, ads and stuff for uh, pro- pro- promotional videos for like restaurants or clothing stores in, in my communities in Philly and in the inner cities because nobody was doing it on the black side of things. So I said, I'm going to do that. Once I started doing that, I started taking off and people just start calling me, yo, how much you charge for an ad? I'm like, oh shit. A minute ad, uh, 500. Okay, well, how, how do you do the payment? Next thing you know, I'm getting $500 you know, just to do an ad on Instagram. Right, so you're monetizing your oh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, I was monetizing my Instagram. Like, I wasn't even out of jail for uh, a year, but I was out of, I came home February 18, 2017, and by August that year, my first speaking engagement, I got $2,000 for 15 minutes at a real estate event in Philadelphia, and then it was over from there. Then I started learning about, okay, what, what is the one sheet? Okay, what is the EPK? Okay, what is a rider? Okay, what a contract looking like? Speak, and I, you know, and I just started, and I just started going. You know, and I went from getting 500, 500 to advertise on Instagram to getting thousands for that one minute. You know, I just started studying the game and uh, looking at my analytics. And I was like, you know, this is Democrat. And I knew how to, and I knew how to talk to people and why it was important for them to, to get me because nobody could sell like me. You know what I mean? So it was like, I just started doing that. Next thing you know, people booking me for speaking engagements, uh, booking colleges, you know, Penn State, uh, 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 District of Columbia, uh, and what are you speaking on? What did you uh, speak on? On uh, how to how to basically University like, of Maryland. No, I spoke on. I speak. I speak. I, it depends on what you need me to speak about. Do you, you are literally habits and you are hustle. You yeah, are the I'm hustle definitely. out of habits and hustle. Yeah. You literally hustled while you were in jail yes. to a career you have now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, it is unbelievable. So people were like, while you were in jail. So by the way, did how did people even like? How did you even initially get traction with your Instagram? What, happened, what happened was I was in jail and I used to just put stuff up. What were you to, putting up initially? I was putting up stuff about, like I used to do these collages, the big pictures. Yeah. So you stroll up. I was doing that. I was putting up quotes. I was putting up music stuff and I was, you know, because I didn't do no videos because I didn't want my face to be shown. Like, mm-hmm. only, you know, and I just kept putting stuff up. So when I came home, I just, I just went right at it. Were you so, surprised? Like how, how long did it take you to start? Because you have what? You have like five or 600,000 yeah. people right now. So how long, where were you? <laughs> when you got out of jail, it was... Well, you've been out for three years, right? So, like, when you got out of jail, how many followers did you have back then? I'm not sure. I didn't even pay attention to it. I just went right in, started doing it. After I started doing my videos, you know, motivational videos, whatever you call them, uh, inspiring videos. I really don't like to use that motivational thing. It's like dated. Uh, and, 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 and the thought of it puts you in a category of somebody with a baggy suit on is disconnected from what's going on, and I'm not that. So, uh, you're definitely not that. Uh, uh, no disrespect to them because no, they make a shitload that. of money, but I'm just not that. And, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, what happened was I started doing videos and people from, from athletes to rappers, they started reposting my videos. And uh, Who? Like name some athletes and rappers that started to do that. One of the first people that was big, you know, uh, uh, my cousin, Gilly the Kid, King, he was one of the first people. But then you had people like Meek Mills, Puff Daddy. Um, they were reposting your stuff. They started reposting my stuff and it was just like, it was crazy. And, and then it's, you know, that brought me a lot of people. Uh, and it was like E40. A lot of people just started posting that stuff, man. And uh, once that happened, things changed. It, it was it's off to the races. Wow. So then basically you're, you're monetizing your page. You're doing a lot of speaking. Now you have a podcast, right? That does very well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we started a podcast, me and my cousin, Gilly the King. It was a million dollars worth of game. Uh, uh, but 18 weeks straight on, we was, 18, we was number one 18 weeks straight so on Apple Music. Uh, number one... In number what category? one episode music number one episode in every week number one episode in number one show uh, eighteen weeks you know and uh 
And who were you? Were you having people on, or were you just having? We was doing us. We had a couple. We only we listen. We had like forty six right now. We and out of well, you're bar stools now. Yeah, we right? at bar stool now. We partnered with bar stool and uh. Why didn't you partner with them? We partnered with them in like uh, November. But what happened is oh we started the podcast in April. By November, they realized we wasn't playing. We wasn't playing out here. Uh, we 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 was in negotiation with them, Spotify, all the big people. You know what I mean? Because we got real traction. A lot of people out here start podcasts, but they, they it's hard for them to get traction right. because it's so oversaturated and everybody's talking about what? Ours is, is, is us, is raw, is uncut. We're talking about life. We're giving you game. Uh, game is guidance, attention, motivation, education. We talk, we're giving it to you in an unorthodox way. We're talking about music, sports, and uh, that's how we come. And we already had a following. We got a million followers. I got a half, I had a half a million. When we started it, we waited. We waited, we been, and because our, our, our audience kept saying, start a podcast, start a podcast, start a podcast. We didn't even know what the podcast was. So I said, okay, don't worry about it. I took like a couple days. I, I looked at tutorials. I read up on podcasts. I seen that it, the, one of the things that, that grabbed my attention, they said only 1% of podcasts do like 50,000 every time it come out, right? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, we're going to be a part of that 1%. Drop the first, drop the first podcast. When we dropped the first podcast, uh, we went all the way up to number four on the top, the top 200 out of all podcasts on Apple. We went to number four, I'm talking about in less than 24 hours. We went to number four, and at that time we was in category comedy, we went to number two on comedy under Joe Rogan in less no than 24 way. hours. No way. Yeah, less than 24 hours. Wow. Less than 24 hours. So it was like, it was, it was like with us, it was like, with us, it was like, oh, this, this is easy. This shit is easy because we got a real audience. We got an audience that uh, subscribed to our messaging. They like what we doing. And it was like, okay. And they just loved it. So then, did, so Barstools came to you and said, hey, do you want to be on our network, basically? Like, who are you they doing came, with they, initially? Just they yourselves. Uh, 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 we went up there. We met with Paul and them. We met with Jen. And, uh, no, no, no. Was, initially, though, you were you just but you and your cousin, <coughs> yeah, um, G, yeah, uh, Gilly the King, yeah. Gilly the King. Um, I, I feel like I feel so white that I don't know who that. No, it's is. okay. Everybody, listen. Seven point six billion people on the planet. You ain't gonna know everybody. That's thank you for saying. I'm that. I'm cool well. with that. You know, okay, we understand thank that. Thank you. Okay, so then basically, uh, you guys were just initially when your first couple episodes. Who was who was distributing? Were you guys just doing it yourself? No, we went through Buzzsprout. We doing it. We did it the independent way. We went through Buzzsprout. We found 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 you know a guy Dev. Dev Dev had his own studio. We found him. It's okay, Dev. I mean, uh, put him on the show with us. Uh, and he had a he had a podcast studio. So we was like, okay, we're gonna use this. And we we went through Buzzsprout because Buzzsprout is like a distributor. Of what's the name? He put your stuff on Spotify. Put it on uh, uh, iPod, Apple. I, yeah, Apple. And, and, and it was a wrap. Stitcher, yeah. And we we knew we knew that. Damn, this shit is easy to us. It was like, oh, this shit easy. And then, are you looking for something? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to find something for you. Oh, you're going to find... So then basically then, so uh, Barstools came to you, Spotify, everyone came to you and said, hey, could we partner with you, basically? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, <clears throat> you know, you know, shout out to Spotify and everybody for coming with us. But one thing I loved about Barstool was that Barstool was... Uh, uh, Barstool was... How can I say it? Barstool understand the game on a whole different level. They understand content. They understand... Uh, Beyond anybody else, for sure. They legendary. They, they, so they understood that stuff, and it was like, oh, man, these guys is animals. When I seen that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a wrap. So then how does it work? Then you, they basically distribute your podcasts uh, at all their channels. Okay. Look, look at this. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm playing. Um, I'm oh, back. you are. I, I'll, show, I'll back it up. Okay, so number one, Joe Rogan. Number two, million dollars worth of game. Yeah, that, I'm talking about that was less than 24 hours when we came out. And then Caller Daddy Barstools, number four. Number three, someone has super, super genius. This is amazing. So how many podcasts? That was in April. That was our first podcast. That was in April. Okay, so where are you now on the charts? You're like, uh, let me see. Okay. Yeah, how many downloads do you get a, an episode now? I don't even know. I don't even be paying attention to it. We get so many, but look, and look. This was this was on a, this was all categories. This is wait, hold on a second. Was, oh oh yeah, two, that was oh, less than twenty four hours. That's incredible. And we talking about independent, no backing. We didn't have no no Nothing. machine. A lot of people listen. A lot of people was in these positions on these podcasts because they got machines and the machines placed them there. Yeah, they exactly, paying they exactly. put money. They, How are people doing it though? Because no they got me they got, either. They got a shitload of money and they got relationships. But I, 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 how are you able to? What machines though? 
the machines is Apple. You know, you got these oh, machines. Oh, you mean they have relationships? Yeah, they I got relationships. They paying money. They, you know, positioning. This shit is like the machine is but, like. But you were doing. I mean, that's the thing. But listen, the podcast the space is is saturated. But yet, there there's still a lot of. T- uh, man, I, I tell people, man, if you get if you if you get a uh, if you get if you got a real following <coughs> or organic following, it's a wrap. You could kill them out here. Like you really, you really could kill them out here. You know. You so you have a so you have five hundred thousand. Your partner has a million. You guys yes. start the podcast. Barstool comes after you. You're with Barstool now. You're crushing it. What's the deal? Like besides them, what do they do for you? What's well, Barstool, Barstool, what they do is. Do they pay you? Uh, if they pay you anything, they, they sell your ads. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They sell. What we did is we partnered up with them, and uh, we partnered up with them, and they and they came in, man. They they take care of that. They go find. They got relationships, and they understand content. Yeah, better than anybody, like you just said. Bar stools is you know bar stool is a bunch of people that's just like us. They just like us, and and uh, how can I say they just like us, and. They don't care about rules. Yeah, no rules, exactly. Yeah, you know, and that's how I am. Fuck the rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, at the end of the day, that's how we doing it. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, I, you know, it's a perfect, it's a perfect So they don't give you, they, they can, they, you can do whatever you want. And yeah, they, we can do whatever we want. And they basically just, but what's the benefits besides them selling ads? I mean, not, not just bars, anybody. Besides a company selling just your ads, what's the other benefit of being with an, a, a big network like that? What do they do for you? <laughs> But, uh, and you can use bar stools. See, see, bar stool is bar. They they put you in places you might not never. They you, you pop up in places you might never popped up at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like where where did you pop? Did, so ever since you were with them, where are you popping up that you would normally not pop up? Uh, we're getting stronger in white America. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They probably would have never knew about us, but bar stool understand that. Mm-hmm. They they understood. You know, uh, they want to diversify. You know, I mean, you know, had a diversity. Within they, within they, you know, so that that was just like anything for us, you know. And so, so what other opportunity? Like now, it's been three years that you're out. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so right now, you're making most of your money through the what the podcast yeah. and speaking. Oh, no, we ain't got to say nothing. So I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I don't be oh, playing out here. I understand. So, so we. Yeah, well, now that I read, it, I can't just sit here and not say something. What yeah. am I supposed to say? Can I just say? I'm not going to say that. But what I am going to say is, he's making millions of dollars off of millions of dollar podcasts, etc., etc. Et your mm-hmm. entire thing. That's crazy. So you basically went from being in prison, having no money, mm-hmm. having really no prospects, right? Then. Getting out of prison, being being like strategic and being a hustler in prisoner at prison, to then coming out and being like a multimillionaire through all these different ventures that you basically started while you were in jail. Yeah, while you were in jail and just being out here and just not see like well, one thing about me, uh, I really don't give a fuck. A lot of people care too much about you know my whole thing is fuck what they think. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if I leave right now and you say uh, I don't like that guy. That's not my problem. That don't have nothing to do with me. That's your business. I like you though. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just talking about life. Yeah. I, I don't care. That's not my problem. The problem is everybody cares so much. That's why nobody could do the shit I do. They can't do what I, my cousin do. They can't do what Barstool do. Because you got a bunch of people that really don't give a fuck. I know. But you can't, how do you teach that, right? You can't teach you can't. that. They got to be in you. If it, listen, if it ain't in you, you can't, you can't operate. Right. Everybody out here cares about... When I get up, I don't care about if you like that. I, I'm bald. I don't care if you liked what I got on. That's none of my business. That's your business. I'm going to keep, I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to say what I want to say. I ain't going to disrespect you. I ain't going to harm you, but I'm going to do me. I'm in my own world. I'm out of my business. Yeah. Now, I totally if you don't understand. like it, cool, but you know, if you, if you show me 100 people, I'm going to show you 99 and a half that cares what people think and they move, and their life is operated off of people, you know, People, you know, uh, opinions of them before they even have a pain of them. Mm-hmm. When you, the average person, when they get up in the morning, they get up, they go to the mirror, put their stuff on, and they say, oh yeah, this, this don't look right. It don't look right because it don't look right to you. It don't look right because what you think people going to say about what you got it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, no, I should wear this. No, my thing is, I don't even look in the mirror. I'm just, that's the only time I'm in the mirror is when I'm shaving. I splash my face, brush my teeth, and I'm moving. I got somewhere to go. So, you know, it, it's to a point where it's, though, it's like, if you care, you're going to have a lot of problems out here. If, if, if you value people, 
people opinion that's not paying your bills, that's not, that don't care about you, don't, you're in trouble. I, I know. So I, I agree. listen, like you're preaching to the, you know, to the mm-hmm. choir here. I'm very much like you. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, you know, we have a different lives, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, people get very uncomfortable sometimes <coughs> because I really don't care. Yeah. You know, I'll say what I want. I'll do what I want. I really don't really care how people, some people love me. Some people hate me and that's all fine. Um, and I find that like, people, but, but then when I have a success, they're like, oh my God, well, how did you do? You know, like, you know, and I'm like, because I don't really, I don't think about how I, I just, I just go. And if you're on my train, you're on my train. But people always say, well, how is that person successful? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And the reality is sometimes it's just part of your DNA, right? You really can't teach certain things to people. However, with that being said, what can you tell people? Like, how do you tell people to kind of get out of their own way by being too reliant on what other people think and being too, too, um, they're just, they're so, they're so nervous about how other people perceive them. It stops them from moving forward and being successful and being the best version of themselves. See, you got to understand. It's, it's a couple things you got to understand. Number one, you see the shirt I got on? Yes, what does it say? It says, I love me. That's a great shirt. Number one, let me explain. <laughs> Thank one, you. Like, number one is like this. You Are those be, real? Oh, every time. You should, you should know that they're real. You just seen what you've seen. You see what wow. I'm saying? Wow. How I, much would be one of those things? No, we ain't going to talk about that, but you know what I mean? Is it heavy? Can I feel it? This is unbelievable. That's heavy. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. this. You got to understand this. At the end of the day, it's like this. Number one, during this journey through life, we claim to be in love with people, places, and things. We fall in and out of love with people, places, and things. But the question is, did you ever fall in love with yourself? Did you ever make love to yourself, your mind, body, and soul? That's the question. No. The average person, they can't even, they don't, they, they only know love from what they've seen on TV or heard through music of how they supposed to love. But see that when I I love me is about it's my movement is about you loving you. How do you, you teach you. that? What do you, you teach do? that? Number one, rule number one in the beginning of loving you, you got to be comfortable with being by yourself, mm-hmm. and you got to be comfortable with taking that journey with yourself in order to be introduced to loving yourself. See, and sometimes that takes personal time. And one thing about that is, you know. If you can't, if you're not comfortable with being by yourself, if you don't love being by yourself, sometimes, and I'm not saying be antisocial you're going to have a problem because you're always going to worry about what people think. Yeah, I agree. So would, so were you then always like this? No. So how did you, right. So then that means someone could pivot and maybe feel like they're too, they, they care too much, but <coughs> something has to happen. So basically something has to happen. I was in prison in life, for a right. zillion years sitting in a cell. Right. So something, and I had that life altering moment. So someone has to have something happen to them or have an experience that allows them to break free of that mm-hmm. uh, barrier and then move, push past it. Yours was being in jail and probably have a lot of time to think and figure this out. So I guess the answer, the, the, the response here would be for people to spend more time with themselves. Yeah. And get comfortable with themselves. Spend a lot of time with themselves being, you know, being alone. Like, that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? That, that's really what it's about, being alone and just not caring. Like, you know, everything ain't going to be perfect. When I do a video for Instagram, whatever, when I'm doing I just do it. I have it coming. Just drop it. I ain't doing it three, four times. I'm doing it once. I'm going to say what I got to say. If I mess up, that's a part of it. Come, I mean, I don't need you everybody. Don't care. Listen, let's think about this. It's 7.8 billion people on this planet. 7.8. Somewhere, no, no, 7.6. Somewhere like that. So you say, that's 200,000 about, what? How many times is that time? 200,000 probably like... What are you trying to figure out? 200,000 times what equals 7.6 7. billion? Okay, what, yes. That's about 30,000? Am I right? Wait, th- okay, what are you trying to figure I'm gonna out? I'm going to break it down once I get it. Once, once I get it, that's about what? Now, he's going to tell me, but listen, think about this. We focus on... We focus on... Everybody liking us. You know, and then you can focus on everybody liking us. And think about the most popular people, the most popular people <coughs> you ever knew of or heard of in your life. Was it 25,000? Listen, think about the most popular people you have ever known in your life and watch this. I mean, 
Think about the most popular people. What is it? 20,000. 20,000 times. So listen, think about this. Out of every, think about this. Out of every, you say, you said it's 30,000? 20. 20,000. 20 what? 20, 25,000. So you say this. All you need is one person out of every, out of every, one person out of every 20, 25, what'd you say? 25,000 20, 20, people to like you. Is that what you're going to say? No, you only oh. need them. You only need one out of every 27,000. I said you need one. You know, out you're, of not, you're, not, you're not easy than this? That's 27,000. That's a lot. On the planet. That's a lot. But think about this. You can't convince one person out of 27,000? To be, to be a part of your movement? Think about that. No, I, I'm That's, listening to you. You know, you know, how, you know, you, you know how easy that is? So my whole thing is like, you don't even need that. For instance, you're an artist. You put out a single. You're doing your thing. You're doing music now, right? Think about this. Do you know, you say you want to, you, they might put you on a 10-city tour, right? You got song. You got your album coming out. You got a movement. Guess, about, guess what? You could do a 10-city tour with 5,000 fans. You know why? 500 a pop in each, in each place. That's good. That's a good start. Yeah. Like a lot of people say, oh, I'm on a podcast. Oh, you got your podcast, right? I tell people, they're like, damn, I said, all you need, try to, to gather up 100 people that's going to listen to it. Because them 100 people going to tell somebody else. And as you, you're going to see it growing as long as you're consistent. Because it's going to keep growing. Make sure you, you're consistent with it. But that 100 people could turn into 100,000 if you really believe. You know? Right. I think what someone said also, and I agree with, I, I believe this. I think if you're passionate about something, mm -hmm. people feel your passion and they, it's infectious. Yeah. But it has to come from a right, the authentic place. So mm -hmm. I think when people try too hard to be something they're not, people feel it. It's mm -hmm. uncomfortable because yeah. it's not real. Right? So no matter what you are or who you are, it's important to be authentic to yourself. Even if you're crazy, kooky, weird, unfiltered, like me, you know, it is what it is. You got to be you because uh, you're you going to be comfortable with it at night. Exactly. You're right. But I think also it comes across like people want to, People gravitate to things that are real, not to things that are like phony or fake, right? Mm -hmm. So where's your family? Like, where are your mom and dad? And my, mom, my, uh, my dad, he was, a, he was a street hustler. He disappeared when I was about uh, two years old. Uh, you know, they don't know what happened if he got murdered or whatever. He never showed up. Uh, my mom, he's doing good. She's in Philadelphia. My grandma. Uh, what did she do? Did your mother work? She's a nurse. My mom. Uh, when you were in jail, how was that for? Did she come visit you? How yeah, everybody was it? came and visit. It was, you know, it's, it's a sad situation. Grandma, I got a grandma that's eighty five. She's a legend. Uh, I love her. Um, nieces and nephews. My brother got killed. Him right here. He got killed when I was in prison. Died in my grandma's arms. He shot him. He ran to the house. Fell in my grandma's arms and expired. You know what I mean? Uh, that's part of my drive and my motivation too. My brother, you know, Your little brother Steve. Got, how old were you when you when he got killed? I was I was in prison. Uh, he was he was thirty nine though, you know. And how did he? How, who? Somebody shot him. He ran to the house, and you know when my grandma opened the door, he fell in arms and he died. You know? I, I saw you did a talk on this. Yeah, right? TED talk. Yeah, the TED talk on. I forgave, you forgave brother. your brother's killer. Yeah, you know because I. Uh, it was not. Do you it, know him? No, it's not like I met him or none of that. But it was it was. It was the forgiveness that was necessary because it was something I would have had to carry on. I'd have had to carry that shit, and that shit would have been heavy. And I wouldn't have been able to operate because I got this, this, this anger in me, you know. So I think that was the most powerful thing I did. You know, everybody want to be for, for, you know, forgave or something, but they're not willing to forgive, mm -hmm. and and that's important to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do mm -hmm. understand that. Um, so <laughs> what is it? What do you like? Besides, of course, I know what you're doing podcast and the Instagram. What do you do daily? What are, now we know you're a hustler and you hustle like, like nobody's business. What are your habits? Uh, every day I wake up. Uh, what time do you wake up in the morning? Like four or something. I wake up. Still? I think, because yeah. of prison? Yeah, I wake up. I think. You know what I mean? Uh, I look at stuff. on. Uh, I love YouTube. I love tutorials. I, love, I just love documentaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I What's might your listen. favorite documentary? Uh, probably The Great Hack. Hmm. Great hack. Yeah, one is look, that? Look, look up that. It was, I will. It breaks the game down. It breaks down, you know what I mean, how Trump was paying a million dollars a day for Facebook Netflix, and all or? that. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. It's a legend. It's legendary. It's how they track you and all that. Cambridge Analytica. Check, okay. check out the great hack. I will. Uh, <coughs> uh, and recently, you know, I had a, um, a hard time. Uh, me and my fiance, uh, we was going through the IVF process. Oh. 
first time around, you know, got a, from the eggs, eggs and sperm, uh, uh, 13, uh, 12 babies. We got 12 eggs. Uh, she, you went through it. Uh, the, the baby, you know, as she was pregnant, she got pregnant the first time. The baby heart stopped beating. You know what I mean? But we just went through a miscarriage weeks ago. And, uh, but we, you know, we strong. We, you know, Sorry. we might do it again. We just thinking, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard, you know. So, you know, that was a whole journey for me. Deep. Understanding IVF and learning about that is deep. But, you know, you know, we get back up. You know, we're going to be, we going to be, you know, tomorrow's going to be better than yesterday. So, you know, but other than that, man, I'm just like living, you know, living a day. Right. hard. There's no one habit, like, there's no one thing you do every day. Every day I listen to music. Who's your favorite? Uh, I got to say, one of my favorite songs right now is Sampa. I don't know if you ever heard of Sampa. He got a song called Plastic. He's, he's outstanding. He's from overseas. You know, uh, but I listen to all type of music. Like, you know, I might be listening to, uh, I could listen to System of a Down, Guns N' Roses. I got to listen to anything. Anything. Jay-Z, Meek Mills, anything. You know what I mean? That's just me. If I feel a song, I'm, I'm in you know do you bring mean? do you bring guests on your show ever? Or is it just yeah? You and sometimes your we bring guests on it, but but most of the time we don't because we want you, we want our show to live off us. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be so guest out to where it's though it's like you know some other stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So it's all about it's all about you guys and your dynamic with each other. Yes. And then do you guys plan it like okay more? How often do you do with this podcast? How would you? How many episodes do you let out? Every we do week? we do we do we do once 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 a week. We release four a month. Sometimes maybe five as a bonus. Okay, and then do you guys plan like okay tomorrow we're going to talk about music or is it just like conversation? No, it just happened. It just happened. We we, just so, we 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 bounce off each other. It just happened. We might say something about current event. We might not talk about no current event, you know. And it's like just talking talking about us, you know. What I mean, talking about a journey through life, talking about sports, entertainment, all that type of stuff. I want to check it out. Yeah, check million dollars worth yeah. of game. I, I did. I've checked out. It's a crazy. Few, I yeah. I mean, I super I, crazy. I saw a few minutes here and a few minutes there, there yeah. but. I didn't, I didn't really <coughs> listen to the entire episode, but I'm going to now yeah. that I have had you on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, you're welcome. And I love your shirt. Where do I get one like that? I already had a merch I on my me. website soon. Wallow267.com is going to be coming soon, so keep your eyes out for that. Oh. Exclusive merch drop. 75 pieces only going to be out from hats, shirts, mug, all type of stuff, but it's coming. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a great shirt. Thank you so much. And where do people find you, you said? You can find me at uh, on Instagram at uh, W-A-L-L-O-267. You can find me on YouTube, W-A-L-L-O-267. I got a show on YouTube called Where's Wallow, where I interview all type of artists. Everybody from Deion Sanders, Meek Mills, uh, T.I., everybody, I interviewed them on there. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, now you're telling me you have a YouTube show and you have your podcast. Yeah. You forgot about the YouTube show. No, I didn't forget. Yeah, but I was, you know, just whatever you asked me. But yeah, Where's Wallow is on YouTube. You know what I mean? My wallet, my, you know, where I'll be all over interviewing all type of people. You know? I thought it was just on the, okay, well, I'm going to go. No, that's my, that. that's my personal brand. You know, me and I was with a game is me and my cousin together. I still got my own personal, you know. Where's Walla? Okay, yeah. so who's the big now? Sorry, we're gonna go right back. Who's the biggest person that you've interviewed? Do you have your Have you had uh, Jay Z on? No, but I had I had uh, I like Jay Z. I had uh, you know, Deion Sanders, uh, Ti. Uh, Ti has a very popular podcast. Yeah, though. he got one. You know yeah. what I mean, uh, uh, people like that. I just did Ti podcast too. Uh, but like. You know, big people, meek milk, but you know, people like that, you know. Okay, so, I'm going to check that out too. Thank you. No, you know you're I mean? welcome. Check, definitely check it out. I know, also, we're at the Super Bowl. Who are you rooting for? Uh, whoever won. That's my team. <laughs> After the game, we'll bet. All right, my team won. <laughs> that was good to me. I'm right? an Eagles guy, though, for real, for real. You're exactly. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Oh, my gosh. One thing we have to talk about, I didn't even bring it up, there's a Kobe <coughs> thing. That must have been. Yeah, Kobe from Philly. Uh, <sighs> it was sad. You know, it was not just about. Kobe, his daughter, the other, you know, father lost his life. Multiple fathers. Uh, Nine people. Yeah, it was, it was just crazy. It's crazy, you know. Kobe's icon, man. And, uh, I think it made people appreciate life more and look mm-hmm. at their family and say, I want to love, love up on my family more. Because I'm one of the people who have, you know, uh, live, you know, live every day like it's your last day on earth. Mm-hmm. That's how I live anyway. Because you never know how you might go out, you know. You never know. I mean, it's just it's such a t- terrible tragedy. I think it represented so much to people. Beyond just if you're a basketball uh, fan or not, right? Is it's just it, it basically like he, I think he was a superstar across mm-hmm. the board, and yeah. he also just represented work ethic and discipline and determination. And I think no matter where you are in life, everyone wants to be better. I guess even if they don't, maybe it's more subconscious. And I think he represented that. So I think it really affects people. I don't know, affected me much more than yeah. I thought it would. Yeah. 
you know. Um, all right. So everyone check out Wallow on his podcast, his YouTube. Wallow267. Wallow267. Sorry. It's okay. 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 Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.